Hey, good evening, everyone. Welcome to another podcast episode of The Daily Mind. I am your host, Austin. Uh, Doing it again on this fantastic uh, Friday, probably one of the most chill Fridays I've had thus far, even though I'm supposed to get a day off today. But, nah, you know, you pick and choose your battles. How is everybody's week now getting into the weekend? Hopefully, um, you guys got plans and things going on this weekend and, uh, you know, just staying out of trouble, just having good old-fashioned fun, whatever your definition of fun is. Is I know I don't have very much. I'm just still getting my uh, house ready for uh, some guests that I have coming over this week. Um, they're gonna stay with us for a couple of days. You know I like a nice clean house. And again, I'm just catching up on a lot of uh, other little things, errands to run tomorrow, all this stuff. That 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 that. Okay, so <clears throat> getting into Friday. Today's Friday, so you guys already know what's up. So every Friday I do, uh, is there such thing as a stupid question? Basically a show in a show where I will go on this website called Cora <clears throat> and read some of the most sometimes, if not most times, most bizarre questions and answers. Now, you know, you probably grew up again thinking or hearing, well, there's no such thing as a stupid question. You can ask me anything. No, so this site right here, people ask anything. And again, if you're interested in this site, it is spelled Q-U-O-R-A, Cora. And uh, believe me, it is a sight to behold looking at this stuff. Some of the questions are pretty interesting, to say the least. So without further ado, I'm going to get right into it. Um, um, oh, here's one right here, right off the right off the back. As soon as I open up the app, it's already there. And by the way, yes, you can download this as well. It's also an app, uh, whichever phone you have, Google, Apple, you can find it on there. Okay, so... <clears throat> This question came and it says, uh, my 16 year old son slept at a sleepover with three other girls. How do I explain to him what he did was wrong? Well, see, that's just, it. I don't know if what he, I don't know if you blame the kid or you blame the girl's parents for allowing this boy to, to sleep over with three other girls. Um, if that was my son, um, I want, you know, at that age, I want to know where he's going, who he's going to be with, and stuff like that. If I known that he was going to go over to a sleepover with with females, and he's the only male, I probably would advise against it. But you know, that's just me on my end. But what's happening on the other end? What was that girl's parents thinking, or parents thinking in regards to that? There's an answer, of course, to it. Um, somebody wrote the woman name is Kim. She answered the question. This question actually got a few answers, but this one here, um, he said, she said, uh, when my son was 16, he was invited to sleep over at a female friend's birthday party. I knew protective father would be supervising. Uh, give me one second. Uh, when dad decided it was time to go to bed, he sent the group of girls to their room, pointed at my son, the only male staying over and said, you in there. Son slept in a room with little brother in the morning. In the morning, they all had breakfast and the girls stayed, styled my son's hair. It was fine. Okay, now that's a rare instance where there's a sleepover with boys and girls. Usually it's a girl sleepover with just girls. It's a boy sleepover with just boys. It's never really an intersex thing. But, you know, kudos to the father for being a little bit more open but having boundaries. You know, hey, you guys can all play together, but when it's time to go to bed, hey, boy, you go in that room, girls, you go in that room. I mean, if you can balance that, I mean, that's great. But I'm pretty sure most parents would not entertain the idea of allowing their son to a girl sleepover or a girl to a boy sleepover. I mean, it's it's a bit risque at that age. So, I mean, just be mindful who your kid's friends are and shit. It, you know, save you the headache of being a grandparent. All right, so uh, let's see. <sighs> Give me another one. 
Oh, here's one. Uh, this question is coming in. It says here, uh, once it loads up, what the hell happened to my Wi-Fi? Oh, that's why it's so slow. I don't have my Wi-Fi on. Come on, man. I'm slipping here. I'm slipping. All right. Uh, this question coming in. Uh, this person uh, asked, I just found out the guy I like is a drug addict. What do I do? What can you do? <laughs> I mean, shit. Um, I said, there's an answer to this question, of course. Um, somebody, this by the name of CJ says, well, be really honest with him. Tell him you like him as a person that cannot get involved with somebody who's a drug addict. If the sexual attraction is so intense, be honest with him. Tell him that you cannot let things get sticky, but would love to treat them as a respectable human being and have amazing sex with him. There's nothing bad or wrong about sex. We just seem to think that so in this puritanical society, yes, he has a few problems, but who doesn't? You just have to make sure and protect yourself against him using um, him using you in any way, shape or form. I mean, what do you do when you find out that your significant other is abusing drugs? I mean, you could talk to them about it and be a dick about it. I mean, it could be it's a kind of a serious situation. You know, um, just be very mature about it and give them options like, hey, you know, I can help you out. And if you're not, if, hey, look, if you're trying to help them out for the better of not just themselves, but for the relationship, and then they turn around not making progress, then I think at that point you just need to cut your, your losses and potentially move on. But I don't know if like completely dumping them. Again, it depends on your stand on drugs or your past because maybe – you might have grown up around a lot of people who did drugs and just it's a traumatizing thing and you don't want to relive it through who, you know, with someone you're supposed to be with. So, I mean, again, just you pick and choose your battles in that instance. Um, so this person, Haiti, to answer that question says, hmm, I doubt it's that hard to. Ah, shit. God, I swear I got to clean my room up. My shit is just all over the place. Make sure I'm still online. Yep, I'm good. <laughs> just dropping shit all over the place. Um, this woman, Haiti, though, she says, um, hmm, I doubt that it's hard to figure out. Either you're cool with it and stay with him or don't. You break it off with him. I mean, yeah, again, it depends. If you tolerate that thing, you want to help him out, the sex is great, you don't want to leave it, but he's a drug addict. I mean, once it gets to the point where you're starting to sell your shit, yeah, I think it's time. I think it's time to go. Definitely time to go. Uh, yeah, that's definitely time to go action right there. All right. Well, there was more answers to that question, but I'm just going to move on. Uh, make sure my mic is good here because uh, I dropped something and it almost took my whole mic out. Um, there's another drug addict question. Oh, uh, this is coming from the All Things Addiction page. Again, this website has different pages in regards to questions of a particular topic. In this case, um, this question is coming from All Things Addiction, whether it be drugs, sex, um, whatever the addiction is. Uh, it says here, uh, somebody asked the question, what does it feel like to be in a relationship with a drug addict? And nobody has answered this question yet. I wouldn't know because I've never been with a drug addict, but I can only imagine it being a very difficult thing to deal with. Um, especially when you're trying to help this person. I mean, if you really, really care about this person, but we only can give so much. We only could give a damn about a few lives in this world. We can't give a damn about everybody. Right. So, you know, I mean, if they're worth the fight. Sure. If they're not, you know, again, like I said, from the other question, uh, cut your losses. Yeah. Just cut your losses. Um, let's see here. <sighs> okay. Oh, here's a toughie. Um, my girlfriend is pregnant and she is keeping the baby, but I don't want to be a father. Should I leave her? 
Sounds like one of them fucking Maury questions or Jerry Springer questions. I mean, look, it takes two to tangle. She didn't get pregnant on her own. And maybe she's wanting to keep the baby for religious or just moral purposes. You know, my body, my choice. She wants to keep the baby now. You, as the sperm donor, you're either going to be in that kid's life or not. Again, it all depends. Like, you can't have your cake and eat it, too. You can't just be with her and not be with the baby because the baby is now part of not only you but her as well. Now, to answer this question, um, well, this is a long-ass answer. It's a whole fucking thesis. I'm going to find a smaller answer for this. Um, it says, uh, this person named Adam says, uh, you deserved a much better man for a father. Hmm. Interesting. Like I said, man, look, it takes two to tango. You want to prevent yourself from getting into that situation, wear a condom, even though it's not always 100% or just straight abstinence. And you know, nowadays people can't hold out. You know, everybody needs it. Everybody wants it. Some people can't sleep without it. So, I mean, hell, it's an unfortunate roll of the dice. That's where you got to, you know, pick up your big boy britches and just figure it the fuck out. <laughs> That's the way that I could tell you to, to deal with it. Um, <clears throat> next question, moving on. Um, hmm. Hmm. Here's a small question. Is there a way to tell if your hobby is bad? Yeah, of course, if you see people getting arrested for it. Like, I don't know, graffiti. Yeah, that's bad. Unless you got a permit to tag somebody's wall, then that's bad. Or uh, subway surfing. People use that as a hobby. That's bad. Yeah, you can tell your shit's bad, obviously, when people are just getting in trouble for doing it. There you go. And that's probably why nobody answered the question, because it's probably a stupid-ass question. But no, it's actually not a stupid question. It's a pretty somewhat interesting question, to say the least. Because you want to get into a hobby, you want to do something that you feel is positive, but you know, you, you're not too sure on how it's perceived, how people see it, and all this other stuff, all this other stuff. So actually not a bad question to have. All right, so uh let's see, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. Um wow, <laughs> okay, here's what. Um, this person asked a question. Um, oh shit. Here, let me make sure I get that question. Um yeah, somebody asked, my son wants to be a carpenter. He has a 3.7 GPA. Um, yeah, he has a, a 3.78 GPA. I keep telling him that he is wasting his life by working in construction instead of going to college to get a real well-paying job. What should I do? This woman says you should shut the fuck up. <laughs> you should shut the fuck up because you have no idea what you're talking about. My husband has been a journeyman pipe fitter for 28 years, and he makes more than you can imagine. We live on one income, married 25 years, have one kid, own our own home, own three cars, have land, and zero car, credit card debt. His lowly construction job has given us a really, really nice life. Uh, vacations, trips, little getaways, anything we want or need, we just get. Go be high and mighty somewhere else. Um, this person says, everybody telling OP to shut up obviously has no respect for themselves or others. Let your child do as they wish so long as it is productive and not harmful. If they're happy, you should be happy. They're not an investment. They're your child. Um, yeah, because college ain't all it's cracked up to be. College is just a fucking debt. And honestly, a lot of people go into college for, for particular things, and they can't even find a job for what they invested their money in. You know, college is supposed to be you invest money into something, you get a degree in it, and it's supposed to be a it's supposed to pay dividends. It's supposed to be a return on investment when you actually go find a good paying job in the field that you sat there and studied for. But that's not always the case. And a lot of people are not looking into college for um, high paying jobs anymore, man. Sometimes it's just who you know. It's not even what you know. It's who you know. 
And there's so many different avenues of approach of how to make money nowadays. People are just like, man, college, I don't got time for that shit. I could just make OnlyFans. Fuck it. Right? Or whatever the case is. I don't know. But that woman has no right to tell her son what the fucking do. Like, he has a 3.78 GPA. But think about it like this. Okay, he graduates college with a 3.78 GPA, but he's working construction. Construction don't work out. Okay, then let him fall back on his uh, degree. He has options. Options is a beautiful thing. If your kid has options, fucking let him have options. And again, he's not a kid. He's a grown-ass man. I know parents want the best for their children, but sometimes children, they're not children no more. Just let them fucking grow up and, you know, let them figure it out on its own. You know, that's just, you know, you got to let your kid, you got to get your kid off the nipple. It's just that simple. Um, Let's see. Oh, boy. (laughs) All right. Uh, Let's see. Uh, What can I do? Uh, I'm trying to find something really intriguing or, uh, oh God, I got a doozy for you. This one here. Uh, why do so many, why do so many people turn evil? This guy, Nicholas answered this question by saying circumcision. That's right. That's, that's why most of the people in this world are evil. Like Saddam Hussein was evil because he got circumcised. Hitler was evil because he got circumcised. It says, his, his answer is literally circumcision. They get circumcised right after being born, and that sets the tone for the rest of their life. Forcibly strapped down by monstrous giants who can't communicate, who would cut off some of your flesh and then suffer for weeks while it heals, never understanding why it happened because it felt wrong in every single way. Maybe they give them a reason why it happened when they get older. Maybe not. But even if they did give them some flimsy reason, it never makes sense and doesn't even come close to justifying such a horrible evil. Then they get mad as adults because life was ruined for them in a way they can never be repaired. What the fuck is wrong with this guy? Like, are you serious? That's not the reason why people are evil. There's a myriad of reasons. We really never know what goes on in people's head. But I tell you, circumcision is not going to make a kid evil or make anyone evil. I, I, I've, and then he actually answered this question in the thread himself by saying Hitler being circumcised was common knowledge available easily on the internet about 10 years ago. The fact that it's hard to get that info these days is an indication of a cover-up of the worst kind. Why? Who the fuck knows? There is no reason. They probably want more people to be circumcised to make things worse and start another world war. Let me tell you something. Personal shit. I'm circumcised. I haven't killed anybody. I haven't caused mass genocide. I didn't try to create the Fourth Reich. What the fuck is he talking about? No, man. That, now that's just going off on a completely different tangent. But now you see what you got to deal with on this page, man. There's going to be some shit that's going to make you raise your eyebrow or, gonna, or make you question your existence in this world. That right there, that guy, Nicholas, is he's on the scissor. He's, he's, he's on something. He's not onto a good thing, but he's on drugs, probably. I want to bet he's on drugs. Um Jeez. Oh, uh, let's see here. Uh, uh, this is a very interesting question. I talk about this quite often. Why aren't marriages lasting nowadays? I had an episode about this a couple of se- a few seasons ago about marriage and social media and all this other stuff. Uh, let's see. It says, uh, Jesus Christ, I'm not reading all that. Let's find a smaller yet simpler answer. Um, somebody said that they're on the third one as well, 30 years on March 22nd. 
Okay, I'll read some of the long ones, just a little. Uh, this woman, Gina, says, I'm on my third marriage. I was first married at 25. I got pregnant on my honeymoon. My husband was five years older than I. He was a good guy, just very sarcastic and immature when it came to planning for the future. We divorced after three years. My second marriage was to a happy-go-lucky good-time Charlie. When he found out I couldn't support our family, he quit working, and his days consisted of visiting friends, businesses, golf, softball, and boating. By that time, he and I had a child, so I had two children, two businesses, and a lot of responsibility with no help. After 18 years of doing it all, thousands of dollars in counseling, I threw in the towel and divorced. I had to pay him $300,000. My third marriage at the age of 58 is perfect. My husband is supportive in every way. He has a great sense of humor. We are retired and enjoy life and will celebrate six years on August 23rd. Sometimes you have to kiss a few frogs. Sometimes you have to learn what you want. I think there are a lot of people trapped in unhappy marriages, fearful of the big D, not dick, divorce, which is basically the same thing. Both of my brothers are 30 plus years old. In retrospect, I didn't give number one enough time. Number two, just too much. But that led me to number three, which is just right. Everything happens for a reason. Okay. So like me, I'm on my second marriage and I got married the first time early at 23 because I thought it was a good idea. I had this idea of uh, settling early. You know, I didn't have a lot of girlfriends. I was very shy and I settled with this one woman and Worked out for a few years. It was done in five years. It just didn't quite work out. There were just too many red flags to begin with that I was just too stupid enough to see. And uh, the rest is history. Um, but again, you do have to crush a few rocks to find your diamond. You know what I mean? That's just the beautiful thing about dating. And I, I'm on my second marriage and I'm very happy with this woman. We've traveled halfway all around the world. So many adventures that I would have never thought was possible. So like... You know, sometimes it don't work out the first time. It don't work out the second. Hell, it may not even work out the third. But, you know, at, at some point, you either got to throw in a towel or just simply uh, just keep on trucking. Okay, so uh, let's see. Mm. All right, next question is here. If you won the lottery, how would you deal with people and relatives after your fortune? Now, I did do it. Uh, I think I did something about winning a lottery, gambling, all this stuff, winning big. Um, this person, Eleanor, answered the question by saying, uh, or Einar, says, One, I once had a roommate whose parents hit the state lottery for 10 mil. His dad was 18 months from a pension at a major auto company, so kept working. He earned it and wanted it. Took a lot of crap from coworkers. Yeah, because he probably, like, they were like, what the fuck are you doing, man? You, you just won $10 million. Uh, this one person, Dennis, said the guy that worked for me that quit took the jackpot over 20, 30 years. His wife and him only had one son who was about 30 at the time. I remember his father told me before he won that his 30-year-old son had a hard time holding down a job. I know they split the jackpot with him, so they had to divide it three ways. I know he didn't take all the cash at once because he was afraid his son would go through his share in a very short time. If he got it all at once, last I heard, the wife and husband traveled all over. Um, yeah, I mean, shit, you know what I do? I shut the fuck up. <laughs> I tell you what, if I won the lottery today or some major jackpot came my way, first of all, I wouldn't want to be seen in public. I would let no one know. I'm not a flashy guy, even with the salary that I make. So believe me, I wouldn't be going out buying this really big questionable house or this car that people know that is just, I wouldn't be pretentious about it. I, I would just be very modest Split my money into whatever investments, stocks, bonds, whatever, savings accounts. I'd be very – nobody would really know unless I actually told them. Let's put it that way. 
I would literally just go about my business. Me and my wife will travel, do all these things, but you'll never know that we hit the lot. You'll never know because I would just be that modest. I'm not a flashy guy. I keep it very modest. But yeah, if everybody else, I don't know, man, just <laughs> just be careful who you tell. You might have some magical new cousins and shit that you've never seen before, but claim that they know you. All right. So uh, let's see. Oh, okay. I got one for you. I got I got one. I got one. I got action. <clears throat> Are whites who use chopsticks guilty of cultural appropriation? Now, I know you guys, not just white people, I'm saying in general, I know all of you have heard that term, cultural appropriation, what we can wear, what is deemed offensive or what. Listen, chopsticks. When I started using chopsticks, I fell in love. Now, there's not an Asian restaurant I go to where I don't use chopsticks. Now, I will say my local Chinese restaurant across the street, I don't nearly, I don't ask for chopsticks. But when I go to like fusion Japanese restaurants or any sort of like Asian restaurant, like a casual spot, I always ask for chopsticks. It's just something more satisfying about chopsticks. You can control your portions better um, and all this other stuff. You don't have to have a big ass fork and spoon and just scoffing food down your mouth and whatnot. You just have chopsticks and just eat. So you get time eating, you know, and it's something fun about picking the food like that. I don't know. It just feels more uh, engaging. But this year, God damn. So now soon white people can't use chopsticks anymore. All right. Let's see here. It says, uh, for the love of God, um, this guy, Dennis, answers it. He says, are Asians who use forks guilty of cultural appropriation? Of course not. Same answer. There's nothing evil or illegal about cultural appropriation. Also, why are you singling out whites? Blacks, Native Americans, other groups have used chopsticks too. Yeah, for me, I use chopsticks. I, get, I, I just I just mentioned it. it. I think it's great. Chopsticks are awesome. I love them. <laughs> um, this person, Gabriel, uh, says, I don't even buy that there's a such thing as cultural appropriation. Just some modern bullshit invented to drive more divisions like we need that. Yeah, that's a good point. Shit. Very good point. Um, this guy, Russell, says, when did it become wrong to experience even slightly another culture? Yeah, when did it become wrong? You know, there used to be a point, and a lot of people don't support this today. There used to be a point where you could dress up as a Native American. You could dress up as um, somebody from Japan and stuff like that. And it was not a big deal or may have been a big deal, but nobody really spoke about it. But nowadays, you can't do that. So, like, even if you wanted to dress up as something um, of a different culture for Halloween, it is shunned upon, especially if you wear native headwear. Oh boy, if you ain't Native American and you wear a native headwear, you better whew, you're about to you're about to get the beats. You're about to get the beats. Uh, this last person here, Dion, says, My daughter is taking me out tomorrow night to dinner. I'm not very good with chopsticks, but I'm sure I'm gonna give it a try. Uh, again, LOL. Though the hardest part is eating the soup with chopsticks, I found. No, you don't eat soup with chopsticks. What the fuck? Try eating Campbell's tomato soup with chopsticks. That is not going to work. Now, if you're eating pho, you know, the, the Vietnamese bowl that is just so delicious, it's got uh, rice noodles and chicken, whatever you want to throw in it. Yeah, that's fine. But if you talk about just soup with chopsticks, that's that's a no-go right there, my friend. All right, so I'm um, just getting some a bombard of questions, which is good, because normally I'm just scrolling through this motherfucker, and I'm not getting any questions, but... Whew. Um, okay, fellas, here's a question uh, for, for my fellows, my fellas, the, you know, guys of the audience. Um, this person asked, what makes a woman attractive? Now, that is a very subjective question because everybody has their own definition of attraction, right? To me, 
what makes a woman attractive? I would definitely want to say, and this may sound cliche, but definitely personality, um, intellect. Now, on the physical aspect, I, I like a thick woman. I like wide hips. I love glasses. I don't know. Something about glasses on a woman that just drives me insane. And, of course, just I like them thick. I'm not, I'm not afraid to say it. I like them thick. There you go. That's my attraction right there. But everybody's different. That goes back to, like, preference. Okay, so I'm going to read the, the answer. Um, let me see. Mm, let me see. So this person actually says, uh, Katie, she says, uh, I found I started attracting a lot of men when I decided to work on myself and just keep guys as friends. Uh, for some reason, not wanting a relationship was an aphrodisiac. I was also working out every day, was in college and worked as a waitress, had a lot of friends, was very positive and kind to others, asserted my boundaries and had a high self-esteem. I still have all of these qualities, but I'm old and married now. Certain men just won't be attracted to you no matter how great you are, because you are not what they're looking for. Make peace with that and move on. You should never change yourself for a man. True love comes in the form of unconditional acceptance, and men that want something other than what you truly are will not value or love you. Yeah, I mean, that's that's true on both ends, too, because the same thing with, with, with uh, men. Women are just going to, they're going to find you attractive, or they're not going to find you attractive. But don't change who you are as a man. You know what I mean? Because... Every woman wants something different. If you're going to change yourself, you're going to end up changing yourself for all women. And then you're going to come across another woman that just don't like who you are because you figure, well, you know what? I'm changing for all the women. So all women can accept me. Wrong answer. Don't change at all. Just don't. Uh, one of the answers here, it says, um, how about being feminine and physically attractive? Uh, okay. Uh, this person says, uh, realm. Says, well, it turns out that keeping guys our friends is not a good financial decision either. Unless men are pouring money to support a shared goal of business, which happens only in family business or married slash partner couple, having male friends even for fun is not a good idea over time. I've been there, done that, and it doesn't work. Having male friends? I mean, there's nothing wrong with having male friends. It could be fun, you know, but, you know, that goes into, like, the whole best friend. Can best friends be lovers? I don't know. But um, a woman... Like if you should even like ladies, you should never change yourself for anyone. You're attractive in your own skin. Confidence. That's another trait uh, thing that I find attractive is confidence that you're able to be comfortable in your own skin without anybody telling you how you should look, all this other shit. So, yeah, just stay confident. Uh, let's see. Uh, I got about three, four minutes. Ah, let's see. Uh, this is a good question. Uh, what is more important, attention or recognition? Why? Definitely recognition. Why the fuck would I want so much attention? Like me, I, I'm not the type, like, if I do a good deed, I don't want the whole world to know. Or if I, or if I pass the school or something like that or, or something, I, don't, I, I just want the recognition. That's it. I don't want the attention. I don't want to be the one that stand up there and give a speech and all this other hoopla and stuff. I don't want to do I just want to be recognized. And even sometimes I don't even care about that. But I think it's more important to be recognized than having attention because not all attention is good attention. All right. So uh, let's see here. I got about three, three more minutes. Oh, here's, I'm going to read this one last one really, really quick. I think it's a really good question. Uh, why does a cheater want to fix the marriage after being caught but rarely want to fix the marriage before they cheat? 
Oh, that's a really, really good question. Um, there's three reasons this person, Paula, gives. She said, here are a few possibilities. One, the cheater may not have realized how much they value the marriage until they face the possibility of losing it. Number two, the guilt and shame of being caught may make the cheater feel a greater sense of responsibility to fix the marriage. And three, cheating can sometimes be a symptom of a deeper problem in the marriage. But see, that's the problem. It's a symptom. Instead of just confronting how you feel, you feel, and I did an episode on this, cheat. you rather circumvent around the problem figure, well, if I cheat, she don't know. I still can do what I need to do. She don't know what's going on. Big deal. Until she finds out is the problem or he finds out because the shit cuts both ways. Like I said before, if you're not happy, say you're not fucking happy. It's that simple. You by cheating just makes the problem worse. Believe me, I've been in that situation before. And it's not, I'm telling you, it's dangerous. It's, it's not something you, you want to get into. Just be straight up, straight up. All right. So, hey, thanks for listening to this Friday episode of The Daily Mind, a.k.a. Is there such thing as a stupid question? As you can see, there is. But not every question was stupid that I read tonight. There were some pretty intriguing and insightful questions. Um, so, hey, tune in tomorrow for tomorrow's episode. And um, enjoy your weekend as I will try to enjoy mine. I got a lot of errands to do, car servicing, laundry, the whole nine yards. I tell you, I'm a busy man. I like to be busy, too. It keeps me active. It keeps me feeling young, keeps the joints moving, and uh, just keep me on my toes. All right. So, hey, enjoy your Friday evening. Thanks for listening and tune in for the next episode. And again, the Daily Mind Podcast at gmail.com. If you want to just send an email, say hello, whatever, feel free to do so. All right. Enjoy your evening. See you tomorrow. Peace.